Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real, deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. There's nothing better than my kids being interested in one of my guests. And this week, Brittany Palmer. Not just a beautiful woman on the outside and a UFC ring girl, but the most amazing dedication she has to empowering women and supporting them to break down the stigma around having that perfect image. She's also an accomplished artist. Wait till you listen to how she incorporates rituals in her daily life. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so happy to be with you. And my kids are going to be so excited. <laughs> Getting some mommy brownie points. Some mommy brownie points. So our listeners don't know why they're going to be so excited. So will you just give them a little hint of, of who you are and what you do? Well, I, my name is Brittany Palmer, and I work with UFC. I've been their spokesmodel and octagon girl for about 13 years, and I'm also an artist uh, living and working in L.A. Which is the juxtaposition of those two things. Like, what makes me think first is, like, the canvas to the canvas, but let's let's start at the beginning. How did you get involved with MMA? Because I have a jujitsu athlete in my house, so it's always on the television. So I'm from Las Vegas and, you know, that was kind of the UFC, it is UFC headquarters and where it all kind of began. Um, so growing up in Las Vegas, right out of high school, I started dancing in shows. I was a professional dancer. So I danced um, in, at the Flamingo Hotel for three years. I danced at the Aladdin, which is now the Planet Hollywood. I danced at Bally's at the Jubilee show. So as a professional dancer, I would work with modeling agencies and talent agencies in Las Vegas. And when I was about 19 years old, the WEC, which was UFC's sister company, called me for an audition to be an octagon girl. And, you know, I went, I got the job and I've been with them ever since. I'm 33 wow. now. <laughs> so yeah. what's an audition for an octagon girl like? You know, I think that they, what's important to UFC, I've noticed, it's really about, you know, your personality, your, um, your professionalism, and, you know, you have to, like, look the part, and they really wanted that kind of girl next door look, I think, um, when casting me, but, you know, you put the outfit on, you walk in a circle, and they just get your vibe, and, you know, if you really, truly love the sport, and I was a big fan of UFC before, um, you know, growing up in Las Vegas. So I think that it just kind of fit. And it seems so because I've been there for so long. <laughs> They're not getting rid of me. No, it seems like they really like you. But I appreciate that so much that you are just being yourself. Was that hard to just be yourself in the beginning? 
Um, you know, I was always someone who was too much myself. And what happens is when I, you know, when I was in high school and kind of, you know, up until my early 20s, I was just so openly me and just almost to to my detriment sometimes, right? Like my mouth would be a little bit sassy, but then you kind of like grow up a little bit and then you kind of change, you know, I, mm-hmm. I had a marriage in there. So that marriage kind of changed me. And then, you know, you get out of the marriage and you kind of now mold into this where I am now. And it's really just a progression of growth. And, um, but I, I I've always still consistently been me. I'm just little different versions. <laughs> so how would your colleagues there describe you? Well, like, what do you think they would say? Um, they would say I'm very outspoken and outgoing. I'm a social butterfly. I, you know, I'm a cancer and I, astrology is always a funny thing to bring up, but I'm really like a true cancer. I'm artistic and creative. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm a, like a ball buster, I guess. <laughs> it sounds like that's how it got you through a lot of things growing up or a lot of coming up through the ranks. Yeah. Being able to open your mouth, which is like, where did that come from? Because women, a lot of women have a really hard time just saying what they think. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'll say it's, it's, in, in all transparency, you know, it's a strong mother and the lack of a father <laughs> in my, in my, and that's what built me up, you know, because when, when you don't have that kind of, you know, I had stepfathers growing up, but my mother was, she, she, she has a mouthpiece on her and I really followed her and I didn't have anyone else to like kind of change that dynamic. So that's, I mean, that's my personal story. Um, but you know, when, when you have a mother as strong as mine is, it's very easy to just rub off of her and just like develop that strength to where I didn't have to apologize for being who I was. And I didn't have to, um, you know, although sometimes I should (laughs) have, but it it just made it easy. Well, it sounds like you had a really good example. So can you tell us maybe a MMA or UFC story where your mouth got you in trouble? Um, Let's see an MMA or UFC story that my mouth got me in trouble. Oof. Believe it or not, I've, I've tried to be as respectable as possible um, within the company. I think that my mouthpiece would be more, um, my, my best friend, Ariani, she's also an octagon girl. You know, she'd be better the one to ask that question because for me, I have this um, new pattern that I like to just forget about the things that uh, were in the past. That's good. You know, like so, but I mean, there's a couple of times where I would be a little bit too much of a jokester or if I, if I was on set somewhere, uh, like filming a movie where I felt that we weren't, I wasn't being, you know, treated as I should have been. And I, but, but honestly, in my defense, I wasn't. And that mouthpiece was right. <laughs> so it, it's, you know, things happen. They do. And I, you know, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, being on sets and being on movies and what's that really like, you know, you, you come to it with having a beautiful outward appearance, you know, you're, you're a very pretty woman, um, but you have such a a soft light that comes out of you. So, you know, I, and I appreciate you so much for that. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because that comes through your social media that comes through what you do. Like, so how have you worked your way through? Like, it's a tough world to be in movies and be an actress and be a model. So what, you know, what do you take with you that helps you keep going? You know, it's really about authenticity. And when it comes to acting, like I've done some acting things. Acting was never my thing. Um, I've been on sets and I've done the roles that, you know, were casted for me. And it really... It kind of went as far as that. When it comes to auditioning, I'm terrible at it. I'm not like, you know, I have this talent of art and 
everyone, you know, I hear people like, what are you bad at? I'm like, honestly, a lot. Like I can't <laughs> sing, I can't really act. I definitely can't audition. So, you know, it's a hard world. And, you know, I live in Los Angeles and it's really important to, um, I did a ceremony, like a healing ceremony. And I'd asked uh, a question, something that I needed healing from. And I got the most simple answer. And it was just to stop comparing yourself. And I, I really, it, it just like, I was like, oh yeah, like, of course, like, if you compare yourself, then you're never, you're never going to be like the person next to you. It's just, it's never, you have to just enjoy and like respect you and like all of what you have to bring to the table because we are all so individual and we all have our own. And if you accentuate your own beauty and stop looking like someone else or dressing like someone else, I mean, authenticity is so freaking important and integrity and just, you know, and to own it. And I think that once you truly do, and then when you start feeling yourself, comparing yourself to her, well, she has more this, she has more that or he or whatever, you just say, nope. And my healer would say, you got to go vertical, you know, it's you and then, you know, God or, you know, whichever you believe in, and you just stay vertical and stop looking outward. And when you have that, then you can just always remember like, oh, wait, we're not comparing ourselves. That's her. This is me. And here we go. I love that you took that one lesson from from a healing session and really brought it into your whole life. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that might have been an opening for you to be able to start to really share your creativity and share your art. Because was it difficult before to really share that to your audience? Because you have such an audience. Yeah, you know, it, it was. And it was really it, when I started um, professionally doing art at about 22, 21, 22 years old. And um you know, it was, it was a little difficult because I wasn't sure how people would respond, but actually the only reason I thought being an artist was something I can do was because of the people responding. So there's always going to be backlash. There's always going to be people who just don't vibe you. Like that's just what it is. And that's okay. Cause that they'll vibe someone else. And then the people that do vibe you, like that's your reflection, right? Like we're all mirrors mm -hmm. of each other. So when I, when I started putting my art out into the world, I was just doing it because I loved it. And I was in a car accident when I was 21 years old and I couldn't dance for three months. I couldn't dance anymore. So in that three month period, I started painting and then I would just post it because this is right when like Facebook came out. It was a while ago. And I would post <laughs> it and people were like, we love this. Oh my gosh, Brittany, we love it. Is this for sale? And I was like, oh shoot, I can sell this. I didn't even think, I was just doing it because I loved it. And that is what made me, realized this incredible passion that I've developed. And, you know, I, I packed up, moved to Los Angeles, went to art school. And, um, you know, and, and it, it's still sometimes it's very scary to put your heart out there. You know, you're a writer and it's like, well, they like me, but honestly, it doesn't really matter as long as you do. And so I put things out there. Sometimes people lo like love it beyond belief. Sometimes people have something to say about it. But I just remember about the people who love it. You know, I have a collector. He really, truly feels. And I he I put so much intention into my paintings that like he will buy paintings based on like a new chapter in his life in which that chapter will like it's like a manifestation painting. So what he and it, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But what he believes is that it is. And that is like if anyone if everyone hated my work, but I had him as a collector, then that's all that would matter. Wow, Brittany, like what a like what a reflection on how you can impact somebody by using your creativity. You know, that might not have been your initial reasoning to do it, but that would keep me keep me coming back to the canvas all the time. Yeah, exactly. And they help you form like a ritual on how to paint. 
when you know what your paintings are doing, then like before I would just go paint, but now knowing the impact my art has been having, especially in the past two years, I do the whole ceremony. Like I do meditations, I sage it, I palisanto it, I like intention, I put a certain playlist like for each piece, like everything is so like perfect. Like that's just how I do it now. Before I would, I would paint at night, I would get like stoned, I would like have a glass of wine. And then now I'm like, no, 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 no. Like we're going in clear, we're going in direct. And ever since then, my paintings have really progressed to such a, a level where I'm like, oh, I did that. That was cool. <laughs> oh, they're beautiful. But I, I really love, and I want to touch on this for the listeners as well, is you took your trauma and healed, started to heal yourself with art not knowing if you were good, not, and not thinking about anything, but just getting it at that, getting it down on paper. Yeah. But, but like this whole conversation and people are learning about you, like you are a doer and you're just going to keep moving and creating. Do you have any maybe tips for somebody that's getting stuck there that knows they want to create, but is just having problems getting through? You know, um, it's going to go back on the points that I said, but it's really good to drill it in. Um, authenticity, and not comparing yourself are two because we get stuck because of our ego and because of fear. It's not that we can't do it. And your ego is so strong and fear is so powerful. We know fear is powerful. Look what it's doing to our <laughs> nation. So we know how powerful that is. And so it's really important to, if you can understand it, just like, say like an addict, right? Like the first thing of AA is acknowledging you have a problem. Honestly, the first thing of any problem is acknowledging that it's a problem and then saying, no, 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 this isn't real. This is fear. This is my ego. I'm stronger. And your ego hates that. Your ego doesn't want you to be stronger. It's going to say, no, you're not. They told you. Well, remember that thing that that person said when you were five, like that, that, <laughs> you get those yeah. conversations. it's called a loop. We put ourselves in these loops. So when you can truly understand like just the the spirituality of it, then you can, it'll help with all the blockages and, you know, really about, you know, not comparing yourself, doing rituals when you get stuck with any kind of artistic it, and you don't have to paint or write to make money. You can just do it to love it. Mm -hmm. When you get stuck, stop for a second, meditate for two minutes, five minutes, close your eyes and just put a playlist on and lights and Palo Santo, change your habits, change what you've done and see if it works, you know, clear the space. I think that's a really, that's a really good advice. And I don't, th I know for me that I'm not very ritualistic, but I like listening to what your rituals are because I find that a lot of people that don't have them, the meditation, I think is the hardest part for people. I think, I think people listening can do everything else, but sitting down and actually meditating is really hard. You know, what's interesting this is why meditating is hard because first of all, and I used to think so too, I was like, you have to be a monk, like, or if I close <laughs> my eyes and I'm like thinking about what I have to do today, I have to do this, 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 I'm not meditating, but that is meditating. There's, there's this thing. So you don't have to be a master at something. You just have to try. And so sometimes I'll sit there and I'll literally make a laundry list and I'm just in the, I'm closing my eyes and I'm like, okay. But then if you keep doing that every single day and you make your list and you do what you need to do, eventually for one or two minutes, that list is going to be already done. And then you're going to go in complete dark and you're going to be up and then you're going to come back and then you're like, okay, what time is it? I wonder if it's been this long, but that two minutes is all you need. That practice is all you need because when you close your eyes, you can see how your insane mind works. 
So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause we're nuts. We do this, we oh, do yeah. this all the time. And if you don't practice because your ego is saying you can't do it and it's, you're too bored, your ego is not going to want you to grow because once you can start managing your mind and your thoughts, it's like, they say like meditation is like picking out your clothes for the day. You're picking out the thoughts that you want to have. So when you can start mastering and know you can do that, it'll help you through the rest of the day. Like if you have something negative, you're like, no, I don't want to think about that. Let's think about something else. And then you just do it. So you won't master it. I, ma- I meditate every single day and I haven't mastered it yet. So. <laughs> no, and getting started is it. And I, I like that you just gave everyone permission to think about your laundry list of things to do. But yeah. when you can find the space within yourself to not have that, that's when you can get downloads. That's when you can get information. Mm-hmm. It's so funny you say that. I had another conversation today with a wonderful woman. Her name's Henrietta Devine. She owns Taglin, which is a, a brand that helps uh, kids learn about agriculture. But she was saying how you have to create that space in your brain or in your mind to really be able to understand what your purpose is and to get your information. Um, mm-hmm. And what's going to keep you grounded is continuing doing that for that one minute where you can connect to something yep. bigger than yourself. Absolutely. And you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And your, your body will repay you for to have rituals, you know, like everyone, sometimes I, I see people, they just want, 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 I want, I want this, I want this, but I'm like, what are you doing for yourself? You know, you wake up, you get on your phone, you look at Instagram for how many hours you, you know, do like you'll do all these things, but you don't honor yourself. You don't, you don't eat the right foods. You don't take care of your body, take care of your mind. When you do your whole world will open up. It's, and, but people have to understand there's so much to go around especially in LA, like these girls are like, Oh my God, there's just too many models. No, there's not enough. Like there's so much money. There's so much time. There's so much opportunity. And if you think that there's not, then there won't be because it's all a reflection, right? You get what you put out. Oh my God, Brittany, I am so in love with your being like, (laughs) I, so I'm going to put it out there right now. I need you to do more of this kind of speaking on your Instagram so I can see it every day. No, you know, I, I do it on my stories and people like it. And then but then I, then my ego gets in the way and I'm like, wait, what did I go too hard? Am I being too preachy? Who am I? You know, it's, it's one of those no, battles. No, you have so many good things to say in the, in the little kernels that I got from you today, you know, I've been working on trying to put into a practice of some sort of gratitude or meditation or something, but that little hint that you gave me about routines and rituals, um, yeah. I'm really going to take that with me. I know a lot of other people are too. And with, before you meditate, don't have coffee. So like what I do is I do warm. <laughs> this is important. Right. Give us your whole, give us your whole morning routine, how it works. Cause I know people are going to want it. Okay. I wake up at six 30 in the morning. I let my dogs out. I, I get grounded. They say, so try to go outside and put your feet on the ground and ground. And then I make warm lemon water. Um, cause that's really good to alkaline your body. And then I meditate for 10 to 15 minutes, 15, usually 10. If I'm like in kind of a mood, I don't want to. Um, and I use the calm app with, they have like really good music and like sounds. And then, um, I have coffee and I read, like read spiritual books or psychology books or, you know, self-help books. (laughs) And then I go to the studio, then I work out and go to the studio. That's my day. So that's a great morning. And I'm going to write that all down and put it in the show notes so we can all do the Brittany morning. Um, (laughs) I want to talk to you a little bit about more is about your creative process and where your paintings come from. I think they're you know, I, on your Instagram account, there's so many different kinds of, you know, amazing acrylics on canvas, but I'd love to hear more from the artist. So my, my artwork started, um, my journey as an artist really started with music. 
Um, I have, I'm my father's daughter. So rock and roll portraits, Jimi Hendrix, um, you know, John Lennon, though that's kind of was the start uh, of my path as an artist. And then it's progressively gone into more of a spiritual um, awakening, you know, just because of the medicines and because of the spiritual work that I've been lucky enough to discover, I really thought that it would, you know, it was time to transition. And, you know, I still love doing the portraits. It's so fun. And I love the you know, the rock and roll, but, um, Mm -hmm. now I, I've been able to let my ego down and, and paint what comes to my mind, you know, what these different ideas about pain or about transitioning of life. And it's so, it's really just self experience and expression. Well, my mom says my paintings are what my insides look like. (laughs) I'm like, okay, mom. (laughs) I'm with her. I'm with her. I can see it's, it's, (laughs) It's um, how you're feeling and how you're and how you're portraying those emotions out into the public. Um, so I'm going to challenge you to let go of your ego and to okay. just do more and be more. Brittany, Brittany, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank it's been you. such a pleasure to get to know you. I love ahas and I had a lot with you today. So everyone listening, please go to BrittanyPalmer.com to, and on Instagram, Brittany Palmer. You will see all everything in the, in the show notes, um, but follow her, buy her art. And I can't wait to watch <laughs> you next time. I'll be like, oh, I know her. Yeah. on the TV, on the MMA. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me this week on Behind the Spotlight. Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, I'd love a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about it and that would help me out too. But if you like the show and you want to check out more, look me up at bethnidick.com. Plus now I'm offering private 90-minute intensive strategy sessions. You might want to get in on that too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Behind the Spotlight.